There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The new baseball documentary, Facing Nolan, dropped on streaming this week, exploring the dominance of power pitcher Nolan Ryan. I spoke to director Bradley Jackson about Ryan's prolific career on the Mets, Angels, Astros, and Rangers, compiling a record seven no-hitters, 5,714 strikeouts, and a fastball that was clocked at an estimated 108.1 miles per hour. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Bradley. Thanks for having me on. Now, uh, I just watched it last night, and as a baseball fan of baseball history and stuff, um, I, I it was like catnip to me. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Are you, are you hearing the same reaction from from baseball fans or even non-baseball fans when they see it and they say, Oh, that, that was, that was great stuff. Yeah. I think the baseball community is really responding to it. Um, mostly because I think, you know, a lot of people are wondering why hasn't there been a Nolan Ryan movie? Um, just because the guy's such a legend and he played for so many years and broke so many records and he's such a enigmatic kind of character. Um, so I think a lot of people, especially Texans and I'm from Texas as well, have have kind of been very thankful that the movie's now you know out in the public oh so if you're from texas that, that answers my question and so do you i guess you, i assume you grew up rooting for nolan ryan well i guess not not when he was on the on the mets but you he was a texas hometown hero and then i guess you were thrilled to see him come back for for the astros and the rangers and i guess he also did a stint with along with the angels too but uh but yeah you he, you 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 recognize him as a texas hero yeah, I, so I was born in, in 1984, and I was born and raised in Houston. So, I mean, like, I, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him with the Astros. I was still probably too young, but, you know, my earliest memories of him are with the Rangers and, you know, throwing a no-hitter at the age of 44, uh, you know, beating, beating up Robin Ventura on the mound at, at 46. <laughs> uh, those, are the, those are the memories that really kind of were emblazoned into my skull at a young age. And, uh, and, and, and just kind of, you know, he makes such a lasting impression, especially on kids of that era, um, kind of as this larger than life figure, this kind of mythic tall tale, Paul Bunyan-esque person. And so, you know, getting, getting the chance to kind of peel back the layers of the real man was, was a real treat for me. I am exactly there with you. Well, well, cause we grew up at the same time, but yeah, I re- I remember him on the Rangers, um uh you know the the robin ventura i love that you go in so in in depth in the movie and you really show all the different angles and the great sports photographs uh he really just throws him in a headlock and just starts uppercutting him yeah oh it was yeah it's it's such a surreal you know it's funny it's funny that this is he always says that 
that's about the third or fourth question everybody asks him. Yeah, right. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that like, you don't want to ask Nolan, if you, if you get, a, you know, the chance to talk to Nolan, you don't want to make it the first thing you ask him just because it might be rude. Right. But you know, it's like on the tip of everyone's tongue and, you know, he'll, he's, he's kind of, he's okay to talk about it, but I think he thinks it's funny. Like he's right. like, I struck out more batters than anybody in the history yeah. of the game. And all you want to talk about is a, a 30 second fight where I gave a guy a couple noogies and then a really solid uppercut to the jaw. But <laughs> you know, it just, it's one of those larger than life. He's a larger than life guy. And it's one of those larger than life moments. So I guess it makes sense. Absolutely. I love that you describe him as a larger than life, sort of a Paul Bunyan figure, you know, uh, and talk about why that is like, talk about r- remind our listeners, some of the records that I don't think will ever be broken in terms of strikeouts and no hitters and all that kind of stuff. Like uh, r- rattle off some of, some of the biggest stats that they're just unbelievable when you stop and think. About yeah. It. I mean, the, the two big ones are seven, no hitters um, and 5,714 strikeouts. Uh, and then also 383 strikeouts in a season. That's uh, and, uh, he, and he didn't he even broke, win the Cy Young that year, Jim Palmer. Well, and I'm an Oriole fan, he, but come yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, he never won a Cy Young too. I think that's, that's one of those records. I mean, that's not a record. That's just an oversight. Um, but no, I mean like 5,714 strikeouts. Currently the number one leader in strikeouts in Major League Baseball is Justin Verlander. And I think he has 3,100. And who's um, is it Randy Johnson in the movie says he's number two and he's still yeah, like a thousand, behind a thousand behind. Yeah. I think Randy Johnson has like 4,800 and Nolan has 5,715. And wow. I mean, it's just, it's just an absurd number. And then, you know, the, the, um, he, some other records, you know, he's, he has six seasons where he has 300 or more strikeouts. Mm. That's a record. He has mm. the most record for the most one hitters, the record for the most two hitters, the record for the most three hitters, right. the record for the most no hitters taken into the seventh inning, mm. the most no hitters taken into the eighth inning, the most no hitters taken into the ninth inning. Like just, just numbers that are, um, you know, just like uh, something funny happened. You know, Justin Verlander took a no hitter into the eighth inning a couple of weeks ago. And, and, you know, he didn't get it, but it's still impressive when anybody takes a no-hitter that far. And they put up a stat. They said, Justin Verlander is now tied for second with Randy Johnson for having taken eight no-hitters into the eighth inning. And number one is Nolan Ryan with 23. Good God. It's just, it's just a, it's just, he, he just dwarfs other pitchers with these, with these numbers in ways that I don't think we've, we can really process. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and I don't know if it's ever going to be broken in terms of um, just because that now that they instituted the pitch counts and stuff and, and a lot of, a lot of times they don't even leave the guys in long enough. And I love that you included that thing in the, in the um, documentary about how he was even annoyed. He was a little perturbed when they started pulling him from the mound with pitch counts. He's like, what is this? I'm old school. I want to go, go the distance. Um, Talk talk about how, um, I mean, we're talking about his, his seven no hitters. Talk about how the previous, uh, you know, the previous record holder before he came along was Sandy Koufax and four and talk about how that was sort of his idol growing up. and, And that's how he wanted to become a pitcher. Yeah, that was definitely something that we discovered in making the movie. And, and, and in a way, it really worked out well for us in that, like, you know, he, his idol, he was always somebody that was, a you know, he played all the sports. He played football. He played basketball. He played baseball. Um, and he wasn't really thinking like, oh, I could be a professional baseball player. I think he was just like, well, I guess I got a good arm and I can strike people out. 
uh, when I play, you know, in my tiny small town, Texas team, but he was getting some attention. And then one day he got to go see Sandy Koufax pitch and he got a front row seat to it. He literally was like on the front row. And he, he said it was like a, you know, kind of like a flashpoint in his life because he saw the way a professional pitched and he saw the way he prepared and the way he threw. And he was like, wow. You know, it was definitely one of those, like, I am, I don't, here's something that I am like, I think I could maybe do this. And then, you know, within, within uh, 10, 11 years of that moment, he'd broken all of Sandy Koufax's records. So <laughs> I laughed out loud when you say that in the documentary, you're like, this is my idol. And then 10 years later, he <laughs> beat him all. Um, yeah, talk about uh, just moving, just kind of in this, you know, you just talked about him growing up idolizing Sandy Koufax, just in the spirit of moving chronologically, talk about sort of those early days, you know, he was on the pitching staff, the same with, with Tom Seaver and, and, and you know, with the, the miracle Mets, um, but talk about how he sort of, you know, he was intimidating, but he was, they kept him sort of as a reliever because he had some control issues. Right. And it wasn't until he got to California with the angels and that one pitching coach, what did you say? He stood off to his left. So he couldn't bail off the mound every time it was th thrown off his follow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like if somebody had, if somebody at this day and age had an arm like Nolan Ryan, he would have so many pitching coaches in his ear. He would have so many experts who have so much technology at his disposal, but this was back in the, in the 1960s. And, Nolan never really had a, a, a personalized pitching coach until he had been in the major leagues for like five years. Um, yeah. With the Mets, you know, he was the fifth or sixth best pitcher on that team. Um, you know, he was Tom Seaver was a big mentor of his and um, but Nolan, you know, he would have a game where he, Nolan might have a game where he struck out 12 batters, but he would also walk 12 batters. Um, and then he would have a game where he would hit three batters in two innings. Um, so he just, he was just like, you know, we referenced, he was kind of like Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins character in Bull Durham. It's kind of true. Lelouch. Yeah, it's kind of true. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely, in my mind, it was really exciting to, to showcase to the world that Nolan Ryan wasn't always this super dominant uh, intimidating, iconic Hall of Fame pitcher. He was, for many years, he was a struggling below 500 pitcher. Right, exactly, exactly. But, I mean, at least he, he got a World Series ring out of the, the time with the Mets, mm -hmm. and uh, he goes to – once he's in the Angels, we mentioned the, the pitching coach works with him. Um, when, when, when were the first two no-hitters? What years again? It was when he was with the Angels, right? Yeah, I th believe they were 73. He throws two hitter, two no-hitters within 60 days of each other, um, which is crazy. Um, and he almost threw two no-hitters back-to-back. I think he took a no-hitter in the seventh inning wow. after one of, one of those days. But, um, yeah, I mean, he just – he really – it really was like a light bulb went off. Once he got to the Angels and he got into a consistent rotation, and these guys were starting every four days. Not, now these pitchers, they – they get there's a five day rotation. He just had a four day rotation, and um, yeah, I mean, like the the idea was you start a game, you finish it. Back then, a reliever was only meant to come in if you were in serious trouble, and you know Nolan was regularly pitching nine innings, um, and he just got into a rhythm and became the most dominating pitcher in the league very quickly. 
he threw four. He pretty much threw four no hitters in four years. So I guess he's with the Angels from seventy two to seventy nine. Then he uh, goes to um, your your team, Houston Astros. Uh, where you yeah, throw. yeah. What? So yeah. then he throws uh, another no hitter number. Well, I guess that would be number five with. Houston. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a really important one for him too because it was the one that broke Koufax's record. Because um, Koufax had four, and yeah, it was it was it was you know, he talks about it because he threw his first four pretty much from 1972 to 1975. And then he goes, he pretty much goes five years without throwing a no hitter. And he talks about it in the movie. He's like, I, he's like, I, I kind of thought that the no hit aspect of my career was done. And he just, he had one of those games where it all come together and it was, you know, it was a big nationally televised game against the Dodgers, a Sunday afternoon game sold out crowd and yeah he threw number five and it kind of you know at that point everyone was just like okay it's this guy gonna what what more can this guy do uh how many more records can he break (laughs) right well then finally comes the the era that you and i mentioned that we remember when he threw number six Mm -hmm. and number seven with the texas rangers um talk about i i love i love um the face he makes after that last one it's almost that he's the catcher runs out and he just flashes that big smile and he's this like grizzled vet at this point um but he just almost seems so amazed and proud at himself like oh my god i I can still do it as as an older player uh but talk about the the time in in uh in in texas um and uh you know and you even you even get a former president interviewed for that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Um, no, I mean, his his time with the Rangers really is um, it's a magical it's, it's really magical because he goes to the Rangers and he's 41 years old. And I think a lot of people thought it was a PR stunt. People who didn't know would probably who just saw it on the face value thought, oh, is this just a PR stunt? You know, Nolan's 41 years old. You can't be that successful power pitcher at the age of 41. And in his first season, he was incredibly dominant. He was incredible. He was, a, I think he was the, uh, he led the league in strikeouts. I think he had like a, a two point something ERA. He, you know, he cracks 5,000 strikeouts. And, uh, and then the next year he throws his no hitter. And it's just one of those, like, you know, he, he really thought he was going to only pitch for one year and he ends up pitching five and throws two more no-hitters, gets his 300th win, um, you know, beats up Robin Ventura on the mound, uh, just has all, these, has all these iconic moments. And, you know, to answer your question about George W. Bush, that was just a really special interview just because, you know, one, just to get to interview a, a, any former president is, is an experience. But getting to talk with George W. Bush about Texas baseball was really cool. Um, just because he has such fondness for that time, he has such fondness for Nolan. Was he the um, owner of the team? It, it was, pretty... was he a co-owner at the time? Yeah, he was. He was a co-owner of the team, and he was kind of the face of the ownership. Um, and just you know, he's a huge baseball fan and a, and a huge you know, kind of an, another iconic Texas te- Texan as well. Yeah, he was that. You you see him and his family in the front row uh, at one of the record breaking games. What was it? Six? I can't remember. Five, the five the five thousand strikeout. He's five thousand strikeouts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it wasn't just you know George W. Bush. Talk about some of the other really famous people you interviewed. Uh, there's a ton of 
ton of ball players that I mean it's it, you could you could form a Hall of Fame lineup with just the other people you interview. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know, that was something we knew from the start that was going to make this movie stand out is the access that we could get through Nolan and his family. And so, you know, getting getting to interview uh, you know, not just George W. Bush, but you know, Roger Clemens, Pete Rose. Randy Johnson, Craig Biggio, Rod Peru, George Brett, Pudge Rodriguez, um, Dave Winfield, you know, all Hall of Famers or should be Hall of Famers. Don't forget, don't forget the guy, I mean, uh, up, up here where we're from, Mr. Cal Ripken's in there too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> of course. You know, that's so weird because uh, I, I, he, he, we interviewed him in Texas. So I was kind of like, uh, when you set up here in DC, I was like, wait, who? And then Oh yeah, Baltimore. Right. Sorry, sorry. I grew up a Baltimore. I'm an Orioles fan. Even the, oh, oh, gotcha, the, gotcha. The Nationals didn't exist when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. That was that was a surreal moment too, just because we were interviewing him in a minor league uh, baseball stadium, and he was so he was so excited to get to talk about Nolan. I think because yeah, those are two guys that have record again. Talk about records that will never be broken. Hmm. Um. I think. Uh, I think. You know, the phrase game recognizes game. Uh, I, I think Cal Ripken Jr. recognizes the, you know, the fact that Nolan's records are, are in a league of their own um, as well. Oh, yeah. It was really cool seeing all those people. You, you can just see, and then maybe that's why you, you called it facing Nolan, because you, seeing all these people that face Nolan, uh, yeah. or you can just see the awe in, in their voices, or, or, even, or even if it's, they didn't face them, if they were just – you know, fellow pitchers, they, they totally right. get it. And Randy Johnson right. and, and they, they just get it. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Thanks for all the memories. And even, even the, archive, even the footage, like I'll, it jogs memories that like, I forgot that it was like Ricky Henderson trying to foul off pitches during the one <laughs> record breaking game. Or yeah. like that was Roberto Alomar on the final note. Yeah. This, I, I've forgotten all of it. Um, yeah. There, and it's just, that's one of my favorite moments too, is, is when he's striking out, you know, Robbie Alomar for his final, final out of his final no hitter. Um, we, we kind of loop back the idea that, um, you know, he's been in the league so long and he's such, he's been around for so long that he's striking out a son of one of his former teammates. So he used to play, right, right. he used to play baseball with Sandy Alomar and they were teammates. And now to strike out for his final no hitter, he has to strike out his former teammate's son. <laughs> it's just such a weird circle of events. Oh yeah, totally comes comes full circle. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 was just such a fun time, and I even I thought it was kind of cool how you you sort of mess with the viewers' expectations a couple of times. You think you withhold yeah. you withhold the final strike until the end, <laughs> and the narrator not what you thought was going to happen. Did um, I'm glad we came back to that. I was about to scream if you didn't, but you ended on it, so I was happy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, and it, here's the thing: like with with if if I think that was a very conscious choice and I'm glad you acknowledge that just because we do that a couple of times in the movie where, because if you're a baseball fan, you know, a lot of these things, you right. know, you may not know that he struck out uh, Robbie Alomar, but you know, he gets the strikeout. Yeah. And you know that, you know, when we set up Robin Ventura, that he's going to hit him and then they're going to get in a fight. Right. So we wanted to like mess, mess with the audience's expectations in, in, in unexpected ways by, saying okay you think you're going to see this happen and then we subvert it a little bit and we go don't worry we'll we will get there just you got to be patient i think audiences have really responded to that because you know it's not like there's not footage out there of what happened 
Um, and if you're a baseball fan, again, you know that um, these things are going to happen because they're part of baseball lore. Um, so just as a filmmaker, getting to subvert those things was really fun. Definitely. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, how do we how do we put a pin in this? Where I mean, where, I guess let's end with where, where does what is Nolan Ryan's legacy? I mean, I, I get, does he go down as the greatest pitcher of all time? You know, that's a great question. Does, does Nolan Ryan go down as the greatest pitcher of all time? I think he's in the conversation because I don't think you can quantify what's the greatest pitcher of all time. Right. You know, it's not like, I feel like it's not like, um, it's not like basketball where you can go, okay, it's Michael Jordan. Or you can't say it's not like, you know, a quarterback position. Right. It's like, okay, it's Tom Brady. With a pitcher, I think it's so, the pitcher, pitching is such a unique art form because one, you only pitch every four or five days. Two, you're only playing defense. So you're not, you know, you're not, you're not a two-way player, unless you're Shohei Otani. You're only playing defense. Um, But I think to be in the conversation like Nolan is, uh, if you're going to make a top 10 list, you have to include Nolan Ryan. There's just no way around it. Um, Even if you make a top five list, I think you have to include him. So he's in the conversation. Um, And I think, you know, he's, uh, what I love about, what something that we did at the end of the movie is we, we also talk about his quote unquote negative records. He led the league in walks. Uh, he led the league in hit batters. He led the league in most grand slams given up and most wild pitches. And just cause I think that provides, he's such a unique pitcher. He's a one of one. Um, there's never going to be anybody like Nolan Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. There's so many different um, because you know, the, Greg Maddox throwing all those different junk pitches is completely different than the power pitcher that Nolan Ryan was, you know, just throwing straight heat. Uh, but he had yeah. some nasty curves you're showing in there too, that could drop from 12 to six. I mean, and someone says, how do you even hit that? Um, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. But yeah, in terms of like the great flamethrowers, um, Nolan's probably at the top. Yeah. Yeah. What did he max out on him on again? What was the, you know, the, and you, you say that it was, it was, it was, the, the the what do you call it the speed gun the speed uh, test yeah yeah it was one thing so, then my, by modern technology would be higher right yeah so the way that, the way that worked out was they the technology was so new they'd never used it before um and they measured him at that time i think in 1974 at 100.9 and that was before they got the speed gun to where it is today where they're measuring it from the point of release back then it was measured 10 feet from the point of release. Mm. So um, the, the speed would, would have been 108.1 miles an hour. Good God. How do you hit an yeah. 108 mile an hour pitch? You, you, you don't, don't, you don't hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think a Chapman clocked in at 105 um, a couple years ago um, when he was, you know, in his mid mid twenties. And that's right around, that's right around when I think you hit your peak velocity. It's, it's kind of your mid twenties. But, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, and then there's some, some really fun uh, little stats that you'll learn if you go check out the movie. Can I, can I go ahead and plug the, uh, the website and all that stuff? Sure, plug it. Yeah. Before we run hit all that stuff. Yeah. Um, go, if you just go to facing you can just, you can find out where to see the movie. Um, and it'll be on digital on July 19th. And then we also have some really cool like t-shirts and posters and hats for sale. If you just go to facing check it out. July 19th. And he, I assume he's yeah. seen it. He, he was, he was pleased with it. Yeah. He, uh, I didn't know this, but he hadn't really watched the, the actual movie 
until the day we premiered at South by Southwest. I thought he had seen it. His son had been like, oh yeah, he's seen it. But I guess he watched like early little cuts and snippets of it and was right. like, okay, it looks, looks good. Right. Um, but I'm glad I didn't know that until after the movie because <laughs> I would have been, I would have been a nervous wreck because I was sitting like five feet away from them. Wow. That's an experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, everyone, it's called Facing Nolan. It's the new documentary about the great Nolan Ryan. Um, again, it hits streaming everywhere on July 19th. So definitely want to check it out. Hey, thanks so much yeah. for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.